I'm very excited about this episode of the Arantia Radio Podcast. You might remember a few episodes ago we spoke with Gabriel Reinberg and others from the Center for Unity Project. What is the Jesus Metaverse? Well, it started with an idea. Gabriel, who, by the way, was instrumental in the Arantia book Hebrew translation, had the idea of taking the life and teachings of Jesus from the Arantia book and creating an enormous cross-referencing database that connects the events, the people, and the ideas of Jesus during his life based on the life and teachings of Jesus from the Arantia book. And so the idea was born. What we're going to learn in this podcast is how the pieces came together and what the potential this project has for inspiring generations to come. What's more, this project involves Urantia book readers from all over the world. So let's sit back and learn all about the Jesus Metaverse. Oh, and P.S., his Metaverse has nothing to do with wearing funny goggles or joining Facebook. What's happening here is nothing short of exciting. Could even be a game changer for the revelation. So let me begin as Gabriel introduces his team, featuring Gary Tong, Lisa Tao, and Andre Radatis, as we jump into the Jesus Metaverse in this episode of the Arantia Radio Podcast. Gabriel, first of all, thank you so much for coming back. I've, I've got nothing but great response. People are just so excited about what you what you are doing. Briefly introduce your team, and then we'll get into the specifics about what each person uh, is doing with this project. Great. So thank you for having us again. Um, we also are getting a lot of responses and positive feedbacks and donations. So something obviously is working and we're very grateful. Um, we have Lisa and Gary who are from Canada, from the Vancouver area. And um, they're husband and wife team, a story in and of itself. Um, and Andre uh, from the Boulder, uh, Colorado area. Um, Andre is responsible for our editorial voice. He's going to be both creating content and also editing specifically the written content. We're creating original, basically secondary works based on uh, part four of the Arantxa book. So Andre is going to be, as a long-term reader, as a student of this um, book, um, as a master of English and a writer, uh, he's going to lend all of these skills into creating um, beautiful pages. Lisa is going to uh, design visually and design the experience. Somebody will go through this metaverse, which is a software product. And Gary is our artistic director. He Everything you will see with your eyes um, it has to do with colors and shapes and how things blend together artistically. Uh, this is his... As, as m many people in our community know, his, uh, his great gift. So he will be lending those skills. Um, so we like to call ourselves the user experience and content creation team. There, tomorrow we will meet another aspect of the metaverse, which is the data curation team. And we'll, we'll get into those uh, details. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is our team and we'll, we'll be happy to delve deeper. So let's delve deeper. Tell me, the project started when? I, we talked a little bit in the previous podcast about your experiences and uh, your life leading up to the point where you came upon this idea. So when did it? When did it first? Like the expression, when did you break ground? And what was that experience? So about um, the end of July last year, July twenty twenty one, I had many discussions with Jim English who produced a beautiful work called The Untold Story of Jesus. It's now in his second printing. Um, so we were discussing many ideas and he heard about the metaverse. I mean, everybody hears that word. And of course now with Facebook and Meta, it, it's becoming a little bit of um, an, uh, a punchline to a joke. So we'll, we'll discuss uh, these aspects a little bit later. But Jim came with this idea of um, something that goes deeper into the life and teachings of Jesus. And when he mentioned, uh, in this discussion, he mentioned the word or the works of the master seraphim who serve as, as clearing houses of information. 
And that expression, I don't remember the exact quote, but that expression got me uh, not thinking, but it was is like a seed that started working within me. And uh, I think a, a month later, I just woke up one Saturday morning. Um, I, I'll be a big graphic, but not too graphic. I went to the toilet, but I took my phone and I was sitting on the toilet and talking. And I talked for like three minutes. I recorded it. I knew I had to record it. And what, what my ears heard were basically the foundation for this project. This was late July. I shared this with Gary, um, which we did a lot of things together. I shared this with, with Jim. And then the next thing that happened is, okay, let's do, let's build a computer model for uh, describing the entire life and teachings of Jesus. And, I, and, and we knew we were going to do a software product. So I started, I'm a software guy, but I wasn't current with database technologies. And then just like everything else in life, uh, you know, I got passed from one person to another. And then one of them mentioned there's something called a graph database, which is basically circles connected with lines. And when I heard that, I, I knew inside this is what I was looking for. So I started researching the next thing that happened is I did a graph description of how to organize the information from part four of the Arantxa book. And I went through a couple of iterations of that. And then immediately I started building tools so we could actually do this work. And we built the data curation team back in basically a year from a year ago. Um, so I, I gave them all these tools and I, I built this process where we started collecting. Um, uh, but then I, we kept talking, Gary and I, as we were doing uh, still. And then the idea came, okay, let's, do, let's start to design some kind of a, a product, a, a software product, a prototype. So we spent the next three months doing that. And then I hired some programmers and we got this database that we were working on. So by that time, by January... We basically went through the entire unstalled story of Jesus, which is 350 pages. And we got hundreds of data points from that. And then we built a software prototype uh, back in uh, January. And Lisa was in the background. She saw everything that Gary and I were doing. And sometime around February, she said, maybe I can help you. And, and I said, yes. And then we started the second generation of this product, which she will describe it, uh, in detail. Um, so there was an insight from Jim, and then there was some instructions that I received, for lack of a better word, an idea. Uh, we started building a computer model, then we did a prototype, um, and then we said, okay, now we, we know exact, we know roughly where we're going, but we, if we wanna do this right, we're going to start a process that involves some, someone like Lisa that has expertise in user experience and user interface design. Um, and then Andre, Gary, and several other people uh, came along to complement this team. We have another team member that is started to work about two weeks ago. His name is Frazier. He's uh, also from the Toronto area. And he's going to be basically developing the software. This team, the data curation team, and Fraser are all the components working in parallel. You must have an envision in mind of how you see this being used by people who walk into this experience. Tell us what that vision is. How does a person, after all of this is completed, what will be their experience? So what we're starting with is an experience that will incorporate um, and we're writing textual material to present this, and then we're laying it out for you with additional media files, audio files, video files, comics, uh, paintings, anything artistic that can embellish this experience. Mm -hmm. So you can think of it as the Internet of today, using the technologies of today, something that can run on a browser, on your phone, on a tablet. You don't need special equipment. 
it's still going to be media rich. It's going to give you an experience of what was it then, 2000 years ago that happened, how things are connected. And we're going to take the information from part four of the Urantia book, which has basically the director's cut version of Jesus' life. It's got so much information that fills in the details of the Gospels um, that we're going to use to present it to you. So there's a research mode where you basically can choose and pick whatever you want to go deeper into. And then we have more like a journey on the life of Jesus, which is directed. And then we also have... um, let's say studies. So we take a topic, we take a question that interests the young people of today and we we break it into smaller chunks and we take you through different things that happened uh, during, the life and teach, during the life of Jesus um, to expose this and, and expound this topic. So for example, gender equality could be something that interests a lot of people t- today. What What was... Jesus is thinking and what did he actually do when he was alive on this planet to show his thinking and his ideas about gender equality. So we're going to take multiple episodes and basically build an experience that is just that. Um, So those are two segments of the product. There's a journey, there's research mode where you can go anywhere you want. And then there's a whole social component where you're interacting with other people, your peers, other students, but also mentors that will be able to help you go through your spiritual experience. We did a lot of reading and understanding what are the young people of today, the Generation Zs and the Millennials, looking for uh, and not finding, sadly, in institutional religion. And this is not criticism against Christianism or Judaism or Hinduism. Those religions have served humanity for a long time. But somehow it feels like the generations of today are not finding answers. They're not being served as well as they could. And it takes time for those religions to change. And there's there's a vacuum there. And many things are coming into this vacuum to help these people find God. So we hope that we can serve them in this capacity by sharing with them as much information and insight from the life and teachings of Jesus uh, in a way that is engaging, that is fun, uh, but also very deep, very touching. Um, So these are the various components of the product. Uh, At the end, it's a software product based on a very detailed model that we're building from part four of the Orange Book, which has thousands of data points. And we spend thousands of hours doing that you can almost think about it like part of this product is almost like a, an entire Wikipedia just about the life and teachings of Jesus with all the connections and the intricacies. And we're writing this material right now, and Andre is leading that team with several writers. Uh, Chris and Mary Jo is writing right now, and also Rick Warren is writing right now. And we need more. So mm. anybody who would like to join that team is welcome. I think that's a good way to put it. It's a Wikipedia for the for the life of Jesus based on the incorporating of the fourth part of the Orange book. I could see there might be some conflicts. So how do you reconcile when there are, are going to be obvious differences that people who are more akin to the knowledge of the Gospels might say, well, that's not the way it was. Have you given thought to how you can integrate both of, or is it even necessary? Are you going to stay strict with the fourth part of the Orange book? Let me take a stab at that. In the first place, obviously there is the whole spirit of the project would be to be in harmony with all the teachings of the world that are out there uh, religiously and spiritually. It's not that we're not going to find factual contradictions but we will find ways as we work through these things. And let's face it, this kind of project has never been done before. This this idea of trying to fully represent the life and teachings of Jesus has never been done to this extent before. We have some close attempts. We have beautiful movies like done by Zeffirelli. Mm -hmm. We have... And, and many, many others. 
we also have now the Chosen series, beautiful series that's being done that is inspiring many, many people. Well, all of these things are taking something as a basis and filling in the gaps in what they regard to be a responsible way. The advantage we believe we have with the Arantia book is that we believe that this is revelation. We believe that they're, they're representing things as they happened. So when it comes in conflict with some of these things, I think what we can do is we can mediate those conflicts. I think one of the things that, that will be a big part of both the curation process and of actually representing the content of the Arantia book will be to be doing it in the context of what is known already or what is believed already and looking at how we can bridge to what the Arantia book is saying. Now, that's a gargantuan task because, for one thing, we know that there's a great deal of intolerance. So the first thing that we need to bridge is the idea of how do we get people to an attitude of tolerance? How do we get them to a place where they can consider, you know, this could have happened this way? We're going to have probably great difficulties with, say, fundamentalist attitudes. But after all, doesn't the whole world have a problem with fundamentalist attitudes already? Isn't that part of the problem we have in the world today? And so some of what we need to do, we literally need to understand ourselves in this project as mediators in the world for trying to bring people willingly, not unwillingly, but bring them willingly to a consideration of what could have been. Now, as you know, there is one advantage we have. We do have the spirit of truth functioning. The spirit of truth is trying to illuminate, not, not facts so much, but the livability and that which is significant in bringing people to God in whatever writings there are out there. So how do we learn to tune into that, to become attuned to that to such an extent that we're now able to move people past what they might be stuck on? I like to use the the, the analogy of a sweater caught on a nail. Okay. Yeah. You have you when your sweater gets caught on a nail, you can keep walking, but you're going to have problems right. if you keep walking that way. And we know that Christianity has certain problems, things they they can't explain. When we get to a place where we can explain it a little bit better, that's that's only a beginning, and it's really not the first way. What we need to do is to bring people to a knowledge that we're on the same side. We're trying to bring people to a knowledge of the life and teachings of Jesus to the end that the world becomes a better place and that the world becomes more inclusive and not less so. Now, is the world ready for that today? Perhaps not exactly. There are a lot of people that are belief-based and believe that holding on to those beliefs is the only way to conserve morality and, quote, the spirituality that they know. But hopefully we can get people to a place where they understand that we're trying to bridge them to a living spirituality that would allow them to know God more, just in the same way that Pastor tried to bring us to know God more. This project is really about illuminating and bringing Jesus to life. Yeah, clearly, clearly that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring them to uh, a greater knowledge of both Jesus' life and teaching. And that's one of the bridges because Christians definitely want to know more about the life and teachings of Jesus. But I think there is also a growing cohort within every religion that if they knew that there was more to be learned about uh, Jesus as a human being 
And as someone who wasn't necessarily Christian, okay, someone who, well, in the first place was a Jew, <laughs> you know, and he didn't say, okay, now I'd like you all to call yourselves Christians. That's something that his followers did after the fact. No problem with that. But so, so often things are framed in the way that uh, everything now revolves around that Christian sensibility. And what I think we need to do is get to the place of understanding that Jesus was more universal than that. That, in fact, what he was trying to do was, yes, there's that, that sort of out there message of he was bestowed for and on behalf of a whole universe. But even if we just make universal the whole world, wasn't he trying to win the whole world to an understanding of God the Father? And if he was, would he have been putting out a message that could only be received by one part of humanity, largely the Occident? Right. That would not have been his methodology. In fact, we know that the reason it's only appealing to the Occident is because of how his followers interpreted it. Obviously, there's a lot of of negotiation that needs to happen with the concepts here and how we get this across. But that's all in development. And that's that's our our aim. That's our goal. Our goal is to universalize this, to bring in, to make inclusive this kind of an experience as opposed to excluding. And after all, there are plenty of people that we would like to see this that have given up on Christianity entirely. We ought not to, just because most of us are, you know, United States or America-centric, we ought to realize that in much of the rest of the world, uh, Christianity has fallen out of favor in many countries. In Europe, church uh, attendance is on the decline. It's largely people of our generation, my gen I'll speak for myself, my generation, uh, that are still going, but the younger you go, the fewer are actually in attendance. So Christianity is not speaking universally. It may be winning certain of those that would like a belief-based religion, that would like a more fundamentalist approach and are one to that kind of idea, then I think we need to present a more universal view of God, the one that Jesus intended, which was simply because God is our father, our loving parent, all men and women are brothers and sisters. How much simpler can you get? And, and it's, you know, to be sure, it's not going to be presented as a substitute for a personal relationship with God. But hopefully what it does is it acts as a vehicle that facilitates that relationship with God. I mean, that would be the whole point of everything. That's the whole point of reading the Bible or reading the life and teachings of Jesus or having an experience of going to the Holy Land, you know, going to the places in Israel or whatever that experience is or serving your fellows. All of those things are meant to bring one in to closer relationship with the master and thereby with God. There's a line in the book where it says the power of any uh, uh, idea is not in the truth, but in its appeal to people. So from an artistic point of view, how, Gary, are you going to bring in that artistic part element of this project and, and share that with us? Because we love what you do, frankly. I mean, it's just mind blowing. Oh, thank you so much, Jim. It's great to be here. You know, it's, it's interesting that you asked me that question because... Uh, the answers that Andre and Gabriel have already been giving um, uh, adds context to how I'm approaching it. You know, yes, of course, I'm, I'm a visual artist, and you know, and I do a lot of presentation materials and videos and and um, some such. But um, a lot of what I'm trying to do, or what my or origins of mine and Gabriel's relationship on this, and of course, like uh, I've worked with Andre for a long time, and, and uh, of course, me and Lisa are married. Um, is I try to see it from that uh, reality balance perspective. So rather than just looking at how you embellish something, my approach to this is um, is in some respects, I take a little bit of a back seat 
this bride's faith, understanding Jesus in a in a in a, a world form, this meta metaverse world form, which allows you to or allows somebody who's a non uh, uh, biblical or your book reader to come to the site and learn about parts of it uh, of Jesus's life that they find interesting in a non-linear way, in a way that suits them, and. Um, and so the, the the hope for that is because it makes it a little bit easier. I mean, I think you already mentioned this, Jim, you know, reading the Urantia book or just reading part for the Urantia book is a significant undertaking. Uh, I, I recently restart, I started a, um, an, another linear reading of the Urantia book, and I'm really pleased how much of the forward I understand. Um, <laughs> but, <It's better. laughs> right? It's, it's quite quite surprising, actually. I'm nodding to myself. But, you know, and, and, that's, and, and obviously that comes from 25 years of study. So when it comes to the artistic vision of this, uh, I'm mainly taking somewhat of a backseat to the UI and UX of it and the functionality of what it needs to be, because I want to be able to make sure that when people are on on these different pages, say if they're looking at Jesus or if they're looking at you know the the, the, the timeline for Jerusalem or something like that, that that they the most important thing is they get the values and the information in in there without it being over embellished. Well, what the, the the embellishment is serviceable to what we're trying to get people to understand, and and yeah, I think you touched on it as well. You know, the um, <clears throat> there is there is uh, there's there's cause to have you know the biblical work in there as well, and 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 uh, and I'm and from a creative perspective, I, again, it's not about me drawing it. This is kind of how I think about things. You can put the biblical teachings alongside the teachings that are in the Urantia book, and then you can allow those two things to sit beside each other, and you can allow the critically thinking, truth-seeking person who who is appraising those two materials to make a decision on which they think is more compatible to how they feel or how they you know what they feel about Jesus. And and, and truth has nothing to fear from honest inquiry, and you can allow those things to um to prove out in the mind of the individual who's studying it and what the, uh, i think one of the most compelling things about the metaverse uh, uh, idea the, the non-linearity of, of how you can interact uh, with 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 it uh, that that it takes um something that seems formidable uh if you were to be given it as a book but it turns it into something where you can skip around hopefully you can move around it in a, in a in a smooth and slick and intuitive way and uh, maybe find those little nuggets uh, of uh, edification and inspiration and truth that help you want to learn more uh, at a at a personal level. Because the the but we're going back to my visualizations. When any of the presentations that Andre and I make, or uh, any of the work that I do uh, with on other projects as well, I'm always trying to make it possible that that the that a non-reader can watch or listen to it and then they can find a way of on-ramping to the more significant material on their own terms uh there's no there's absolutely no way you can take somebody who's not ready for a new information on jesus and expect them to suddenly take that on just because it's better information what i think about the metaverse's uh purposes it'll i think it'll allow people to be in a space where it, it, there's a cultivated feel of that that you can take it at your own pace. That you can uh, you can uh, mix your uh, you know your your own study by it. We're also meeting with other people, and 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 those conversations can help ripen your understanding, or they can help you feel more energized towards uh, greater uh, uh, truths uh, uh, to do with Jesus's life, or altering your previous perspectives. You know, how many times have we you reread reread a passage from Jesus? In the orange book, and and you know, and, it, and it, it leaps off the page differently just because right. you've read it a few times and you've had time mm-hmm. for that. So, this is the same thing, and, and and in some ways, it's you know, the way that the orange book was written, of course, is like it's meant to be the authoritative um, elimination of error and many other things. But but that does it, that what we're doing is that, uh, and a lot of, a lot of the projects I work on are all secondary works. They're transmuting something very complicated, you know, and some of it is extremely complicated, as everyone on this call knows. And then you're turning into something that can be given to a um, a non-reader or given to somebody who's just thinking to themselves, "Wow, I wish there was a little bit more to know." Uh, and and if you, um, and those secondary works are really important. I see them as building a bridge between, uh, you know, where where we are 
and, and where we need to be. And 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 I think something else, and I know Gabriel mentioned this, so I'm going to take away some of his thunder. <laughs> but uh, is what I love about how we're trying to position this is we're trying to explain Jesus before Christianity. We're, trying, we're pulling him out mm. of the of the representative the ecclesiastical mechanisms that uh, that use him. We're pulling it to hit to it towards him. We're taking it away from all that. Well, how did Jesus's life and teachings create such a wealth of uh, um, faith and belief that they ended up making Christianity around him, around that life? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've answered nothing about visualization. So I'm, I'm well, I'm but no, I think you've opened happy. some doors to other things that I, I would have eventually got to. So are you, is this the challenge that you're going to take every story in the fourth part and, and, and have it all documented or are you? So for example, uh, the, 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 the apostles, there's a section where the Urantia book goes through each of the apostles and their lives and who they were and, you know, how their parents raised them. And so you're going to tackle that aspect. Nothing, nothing in fourth, the fourth part will be left out or are you going to, and, uh, uh, for illustration purposes, maybe pick some key points of Jesus's life, maybe his travels through Rome. Uh, how much detail and specificity do you go into and what determines that level of specificity when you guys mm-hmm. are, are laying out the timelines and everything that you're needing to tell this story or to rephrase the story? I, I'll, just, I'll answer briefly on my behalf. And then, um, so uh, that, for instance, I, the way I see it is a prioritization. So uh, where there's a thickness uh, uh, of, of information that we need to f- focus more on that first. Gabriel's already explained, uh, uh, for want of a better phrase, uh, we're bootstrapping to on this production. You know, This isn't a production that's been given $50 million and we have like a large production team. We're happy to be quite careful about how much time we use and how we use that time. So as part of that, We'll, we'll be building out the highest priority information first, and then and then you spread it out a little bit like a tree trunk, to, you know, and and then the branches and the leaves, uh, and that's uh, and and um, and that swings very much to the other work that I'm doing. But yeah, I'm doing other work that's Jesus orientated as well, and it's all uh, compatible with this project. So uh, uh, and uh, there's a bit where there's a thickness of it, there'll be more material, and, and as right. we grow the project in in, in the future. That much, that thickness will pass out further. You're you're and, leaving yourself room to expand upon things, but for in the in the effort of brevity, and then as this thing grows, you can go back and expand upon it, right? Is that yeah? What I mean, it's logical to go about it that way as well, because you know we only have so much capacity, and and if you've only got so much capacity, you can do a much better job if you focus on smaller parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, consecrate to do a good job there uh, than you can if you try to spread it too too much too soon. And what you're doing when you do that, you know, uh, I come from games development, so there's a phrase that we're using games development called a vertical slice, for instance, which would mean because what we're going to be doing is take is prioritizing certain parts, uh, whether it be writing, editing. But what we're doing is the early, the, the more, the more, the highest priority parts of the uh, of the app will will be demonstrative of what needs to be done for the rest of it. That's basically how it goes. And I'll let Gabriel answer the rest because I know he has a lot more. Into- no, what Gary said is, is right on. Um, we're, we're taking this in what I have in my mind is like a wedding cake with layers. So we have a base and then layer two and layer three and layer four. And we actually sat down and prioritized every person, location, event, timeline, um, relationship, all those node types in this computer model. And one of the team members uh, was tasked with saying, okay, from one to five with stars, you know, is this a must? Can we release this product without this, without this person or this relationship? And then, you know, you have hard decisions, but we cannot do everything at the same time. So we gave five stars, four stars, three stars, two stars, one star, and we're starting with five stars. So as soon as we finish the five-star material, we'll go to four stars. But it's but we've built like like Gary said, we've built the infrastructure for a for a beautiful wedding cake with five layers. Only you get a thin slice of the cake, and then mm-hmm. in a little bit longer, you'll get a thicker slice and a thicker slice. But we'll give you the entire experience. Um, 
on a subset of the material. What about the scholarly approach? Are you are you envisioning that this might be a helpful tool for academia later that they can cross-reference? And this is going to connect the dots, a lot of dots for a lot of people that are going to say, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's going to take a long time to do this, but when I was recording that initial recording that I mentioned, and this comes from what Jim English said, is over time, this, especially the computer model, but not the entire product. So I'm talking now about the computer model. Um, it could represent basically humanity's understanding of the life and teachings of Jesus, and it can keep growing over time. So to make this happen, um, I think we will do two things. We will publish an open source version of this computer model so people can use it. And they can go online and I'll make some tools, but they will be able to download this model and use it for whatever they want. Uh, they will not basically be able to change our model, but then we will also open it up for a process of, I don't know if it's academic, but for pe other people to be able to contribute uh, both the nodes and the connections. So if somebody has an idea of connecting the dots that we haven't thought about, and you know, it's, it, it could, this could be unlimited in the connections that people find. So we will invite others to suggest new connections and new nodes to this graph. So in a sense, we want to open it up as, as soon as it's ready uh, to the public at large and public uh, an open source version of it so people can download it with instructions on how to use it. And, you know, if somebody finds an error, we would like to correct it. If, so, if somebody creates new information, we would give them an opportunity to share with us so we can put it inside our products, but also update that model. So we, we intend to share this with humanity um, in a way that helps other people study it and maybe build other products that we don't think about right. using the same data. So for sure, it's going to be shared. The, the Metaverse is a software product with Lisa being the designer of the experience and the interface. So how do we present all this information in a way that is accessible? Gary is doing the artistic and visual uh, direction and Andre is the editorial voice. Uh, we have another person who's doing coding. So and another team that's doing the computer model. So this is the whole picture. We're advancing uh, on all fronts. We're cu curating data for the model for one year. We've been working on the design of the experience. Lisa has been leading us for over six months. We are now starting to build software. That is going to take probably between six months and a year until we have a working version that we can release. Uh, that is that vertical, beautiful slice of cake that you can eat. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one project. In the beginning, we thought that the cinematic version is going to be short stories, five to ten minutes, like one scene that you can start to finish. And, of course, it has to do with Jesus and something that happened, but not necessarily connected to others. And then we thought we we're going to put this inside the metaverse in different areas of the project. But we've since pivoted into a more like the chosen model based on part four of the Urantia book. So we're now looking at a TV series or a series of films, episodial, uh, over many hours of film. So mm -hmm. 50 episodes, 70 episodes, something very, very large that documents in drama the entire life of Jesus. Uh, we, are, um, we have an, a new member on this team uh, that has been writing or original screenplays, and she's written four already. Um, so we're now assemble, assembling a team, uh, a content team, that will start working on, a, on the entire concept and on a pilot episode, which will be probably 30 to 50 minutes of sh film, right? It's mm. drama. Yeah. Um, so we're working on that. But this is separate from the metaverse. Cool. Obviously, all that material will filter back. And we're using the data from the computer model and ideas we develop in the metaverse 
in the cinematic uh, project. So they're obviously connected. And we have the same management team for all of the projects. So all the information is, is being shared. One thing we have not heard from Lisa, uh, uh, who uh, plays a big role in all this. Maybe we could bring her in. Lisa, tell me what brought you into this project and, and what your contribution is and what, you, what, what, what really makes you excited about this project. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Sorry, I've been kind of quiet, just kind of listening in, everybody talking and introducing the project. Um, I came in here when uh, Gabriel and Gary was working on their first proof of concept prototype. And that was basically like a little app where you can, it, it kind of displays like what they had, like the, the node types and then uh, all these webs of information, how, how the users can see. And then I was like, oh, I mean, this could be way better. And <laughs> I just kind of jumped in. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think you guys will probably need help, like, getting some more insights from the user's point of view. Because now, we, like, we have this thing where it's like we know what we're making and we know everything about Jesus. But how the user's going to perceive this is going to be, you know, different from what we know. So I just came in and... um started doing research for, you know, what this generation, generation Gen, Gen Z and millennials and how they feel about religion. And we kind of started from there. It's like, what, what do they need? Like, how do they perceive religion? And like, do they, you know, do they want to know? And we got some answers. We're like, oh, I think this younger generation, they are interested in religion, but they're like spirituality, spirituality, mostly not religion. Like, they are more into their personal growth and how they have relationship with like the divine, but not so much about the institutionalized religion, because I think they feel judged by them and they feel uncomfortable that it's kind of like a top down, top down system. You know, a lot of bad press about the, you know, Christianity and all that going around. So they were, they were, they needed this. They wanted to know more about it and they do have, you know, they want to foster their personal faith. So, but they had no like other way of um, learning this. So this is kind of like our mission is to help um, create something that will help the younger generation to get into this easier. So it's more like, like Andre said, it's like, it should be accessible and inclusive for the younger generation. Like they shouldn't be feeling judged or, you know, scary. So this is kind of like, what we are this is our focus when we are building this product is you know we're making this for the younger generation we're making this for every single person who are who are interested in jesus and you are know, people interested through... in jesus that that would be a question i would ask according to the data that you've you've got are, are people even interested I, I don't get the feeling they are but i could be wrong i think jesus um not necessarily Jesus, you know, only, but this is the platform that we are kind of like presenting to them because we know that learning about Jesus' life and teaching is greatly helpful for people. You know, it helps them kind of center themselves and then, you know, learn from what he's done. Then can, they can apply that knowledge to their daily life. It's like, oh, Jesus um was nice to his parents or something like that <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna you yeah know, but these like the the way jesus lived his life will kind of help and give inspiration to the younger generation and that's kind of our hope and we have yeah, done, because like, he was a rebel i mean he was a rebel in his day right right so that's a connection point yeah, right exactly. there yeah uh he was empowered mm -hmm. I and mean, he saw i think it's more important to say that um he was a hero, and yeah. he, and what we what we can do now is paint his hero's arc, how you know everything in his development from young babe to young child to young adult. We have now this information, and young people crave heroes. You know, we watch Star Trek and Star Wars and Superman and the Marvel universe. Why do we like those stories? Because each one of us undergo this hero journey on a personal level. And, you know, there were many spiritual, prominent spiritual teachers on the planet. 
but we don't have enough information, uh, I think, to show to this level of detail the life, the personal life of any of them. We don't know enough about Abraham and Moses and the Buddha and, and Muhammad. Uh, I just read the other day that there's more information about Jesus in the Quran than about Muhammad. So now we have a chance to go deeper and in greater resolution into the life of a master, a spiritual teacher. And if we manage in the, in the minds of our audience to disconnect the, the, the umbilical cord between Christianity and Jesus and say, hey, no, Christianity is cool. If you like that, great. We, we like that too. But Jesus was before Christianity. Would you like to know what he was up to? And what was his life like? And what was he teaching that eventually made more than 2 billion people on this planet follow him? Isn't that a story? I was born Jewish and I knew nothing about Jesus. And now I'm going around Israel and I'm telling people I'm going to build a museum about Jesus. And I'm mostly talking to Jewish people. And every time I say those words, the Jesus Museum, the eyebrows go up. Oh, my God. All right. That's interesting. I, I, I want to go. And if I speak 30 more seconds, they say, when is it going to open? I want to go. <laughs> so Jesus is still attracting people all around the world. And there's, there's at least 6 billion people on this planet who will, that are not Christian that I think will be interested in learning more about this spiritual teacher and how he lived his life. That's our audience is everybody on this planet. Right. We cannot do this by our own force. It's this is not just because it's too complicated, but because that's not the proper way to do something like this. It has to be an immense teamwork project. And with this is what we're doing. We're building teams of teams and doing it in a way that is is the even the journey is, is, is enjoyable. You know, it's not work. Uh, what keeps me going every morning is this, you know, it's the people that I work with and knowing that for generations to come, we will leave behind us. We, you rancher book readers who have been given this or adopted this revelation and, um, and have studied it for a long time, now have the opportunity to create a superb legacy project that will serve generations to come. Um, I think that's what keeps me going. How can people find out more about this, Gabriel? So we have a website called JesusMetaverse.org, JesusMetaverse.org. Uh, you'll find more information about us, the projects. There's a blog with monthly status updates. We publish a monthly newsletter. Uh, you'll find opportunities to volunteer with us and see the positions that are open. So if you, if you sign up to our newsletter, we will send you the information. Uh, our team will convene every month and we'll have an open room, basically, where you can come and meet us and ask questions. And, uh, and we're going to come back also and talk with some other people that are part of your team. And we'll do that in the next episode. And we'll be able to uh, discuss some other aspects of this, this wonderful project. Any particular skill sets you might be looking uh, for people who might want to get involved? Well, we're definitely looking for more writers. We're looking for people. You know, one, one of the things that you were, you were asking before was uh, what, what is, you know, what are people doing? Uh, how are they filling in some of, some of the content of, uh, you know, the Arantia papers on, on the life and teachings of Jesus? And, Gabriel, you know, and uh, Lisa both described the whole node aspect of how the data is related, how we're looking at people, places, events, and the relationships among all those things and between them. Well, the thing that brings it to life is the imagination of students of the Arantia book who understand these things, who have internalized these concepts, who have made these concepts living in themselves and who have visualized them frankly in themselves and when they do this they have they have a construct inside of them that if they have the writing ability they can get out 
So if you have that kind of talent, we need that kind of talent uh, in order to be able to creatively and imaginatively allow, you know, bring, basically bring to life what are these seemingly static uh, nodes, but they're not, they're living, Mm -hmm. they're living nodes relating the events, the people, the places that all surround the life and teachings of Jesus. But wait, there's more to come. In our next podcast, Gabriel will introduce us to a team of people who are stitching the Jesus metaverse together page by page and what this project has meant for them. Thanks again to my guests, Gabriel Reinberg, Gary Tong, Lisa Tao, and Andre Radatis. If you want to get involved in this exciting project or if you'd like to contribute, which will be very important, go to JesusMetaverse.org. This is the Arantia Radio Podcast. Please share these podcasts with others, and in doing so, we together can help introduce millions more to the great revelation of the Arantia Book. Until next time, thanks for stopping by. Mm -hmm.